Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. I'm in this world and they made me a monster. And if you want to be sure on your record... Rejected, deceived, and neglected by another girl. Now you're locked in your room in hell, tossing fears because you're thinking about her. It's been a month and a half, and you're still feeling sad when you saw her at a dance. She was kissing and hugging, playing and loving with her new boyfriend. I know she broke your heart, and it's hard to be hurt and pretend like you don't care. Well, that's what you get when you date that girl named Blair. Welcome back to 32 Fans. I'm Alex Chester with me as always, Lou Lineker. Well, Akiva, you know he broke my heart, and it's hard to be hard and pretend I don't care, but that's what I get for trusting a kicker named Blair. Trump hasn't even been president-elect for a week yet, Mm. and already a white blue-collar worker in a purple state has lost his job. Blair Walsh is unemployed. Yeah, I mean, listen, if he, what, you know what's a good campaign strategy for next time? Make, like, very state-specific to, like, swing state promises. Like, go to Minnesota and be like, I promise if I'm elected president, I'm going to, like, you know, pull, you know, the Vikings' hand until they, uh, until they, like, cut Blair Walsh. And then you go to, like, Ohio, and you'd be like, you know, I'm going to make sure the Browns, like, make the Browns great again. And you well, they to- did do that in Washington. You know, the 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 Republicans had these ads saying that Hillary wanted to change the name of the Washington uh, football team. Yeah, but I would. That's what I would do. I would like promise to make the sports teams good, or like the opposite. You know, if you're in Massachusetts, like I'm gonna like you know make sure the Yankees get busted doing like crazy things and lose all their draft picks and you know and get you know get their best players suspended and maybe like take out Gary Gary Sanchez's legs stuff like that. All right. <laughs> Alright. Yeah, so everything in the world is terrible, uh, including the fact that uh, your team is the most unwatchable, ugly team in the universe, and my team's on a four-game losing streak. I mean, it's such an insult to the Rams uh, to, you know, to say the Jets are the most unwatchable team, when the Rams are probably less watchable, although maybe now that, you know, Goff has been announced a starter in the last hour or two, maybe that will change. At least, like, the next game is much must-watch, right? Goff is, like, one of the more interesting... Yeah, because we want to like we want to see Goff is going up against a very good defense with a really good front seven. Goff might like go like four for fifty this week. 
Well, Pachesky in the Deadspin article said, uh, I'm excited to see how this goes. Excited enough to actually watch an entire Rams game by choice? Uh, question mark. But I, for Akiva, the answer is yes, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I, the Jets are off, right? So I could you know, maybe focus on the Rams-Dolphins next week. Uh, Rams-Dolphins is, so I actually, you know, rank the games uh, just, you know, because I like to. Do Don't that. hate on the I, Dolphins. The Dolphins are, are a real playoff contender right now. No, they're not. They're not a playoff contender. Oh, yeah, Everything. they are. The Dolphins they're are good. Two, they're two games behind all three teams in the AFC West. Yeah, but those, one of those gonna teams is going to collapse. Okay, the Dolphins are going to have to go five and one and five and two and hope for one of those teams to collapse. It's possible, but I find it highly unlikely. Uh, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Uh, today we're going to uh, rank quarterbacks. Is that correct? Yeah, we did uh, coaches last week and and uh, power rankings for the teams two weeks ago. So this is the third. I don't think there's anything else we could rank. So next week we'll probably just go to a regular. Send this in for for next week. Send this in. Uh, Game rankings. We'll use somebody's, you know, game rankings like we've been doing at the beginning of the season. Sure, sure. And by the way, we we haven't asked this in a while, but people, uh, give us an iTunes review. Take you haven't gotten them in a long time. Yeah. Well, actually, I haven't checked, but I don't. No, we haven't. I I, I, I checked like a week ago. We haven't gotten any. Uh, okay. Yeah. So we got to ask. All right. So uh, so our quarterback rankings. I guess we got to put Jared Goff in here. But uh, you know, when we did this, uh, we did it as uh, Case Keenum is the starter for the Rams. Uh, we actually. I did Ryan Fitzpatrick for the Jets. I think you did Bryce Petty. Oh, no, you did Ryan Fitzpatrick as well. But I did Cody Kessler for the Browns. You did Josh McCown. Uh, have the Browns announced who's starting this week against Pittsburgh? Have the Browns announced who's starting? No, I don't think so. Yeah, okay. Well, we don't care because either way, that's... Uh, that's. Do the Browns even make announcements? Like, don't you need, like, a reporter to come for a press conference to happen? <laughs> yeah. All right, so let's start right at the bottom. Uh uh, dead last. Well, no. So here's the thing. I I did the I ranked the quarterbacks that have a body of work, which makes sense because there's no way for you to rank Bryce Petty and Cody Kessler. Well, Cody so Kessler I did the smart has... thing and you did the dumb thing. No, it's well, per huge. Well, no. We 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 each ranked whoever the starter is right now. We just had a disagreement. Cody Kessler has played more than Josh McCown this year, so I don't know what you're talking about. All right, Cody well, Kessler. We haven't seen good. much of Cody Kessler. Plus. It's not like as much as him his, as the like there's one. no there's no reason to even talk about him because the Browns are going to have the number one pick. They're going to pick a quarterback. Robert Griffin's probably coming back in a few weeks and he's going to start. So there's nothing really to talk about. <laughs> All right, no, well, Griffin's starting. Griffin's coming back. Yeah. So Cody Kessler is has actually he has been pretty good uh, statistically for whatever that's worth. Uh, he's literally is, worth nothing. He's 22nd in the uh, Chester quarterback rankings with an 80, and he's 23rd in the uh, ESPN's uh, QBR. Uh, so he's, you know, he's mediocre in both those numbers, but I have him 31 anyways, and you have Josh McCown 32. Either way, uh, uh, our average ranking, uh, it doesn't get any worse than the Browns. And you're right, the Browns will have somebody new next year. Yeah. So uh, let, let's go right up next. What happens if Griffin comes back the last three weeks of the season and is absolutely lights out? Lights out? Yeah. He's, then I, I guess the Browns don't draft a quarterback in the first round? I don't know. <laughs> and then he comes back next year and gets hurt in week one. Oh, for sure, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Let's stop talking about the Browns. They're 0-10. They're depressing. All right, So, um, but 31 is a guy who's not even a quarterback anymore. Yeah, so we tied at 30th. We have, uh, yeah, so we have we had Case Keenum, who I ranked dead last, uh, and it, the numbers are also pretty unfavorable. He's 29th in, in Chester QBR. He's 31st in QBR, and he's just lost his job to Jared Goff. Now, we kept saying that Jeff Fisher was never going to make that move because that was the one thing he had in his back pocket as an excuse why he shouldn't get fired. Yeah, because if Goff is bad, I think he definitely gets fired. But, the only, the only thing is I'm not sure if he's ever getting fired because the word on the street is that 
uh, Cranky, the owner, really doesn't care about the team's success for these next couple of years till they move into the new stadium. Yeah, they're making money regardless of their performance. So I, I, I and and he seems to really like Jeff Fisher. We underestimate how big of a deal it was, you know, if a little bit if you watch Hard Knocks, like the move across the country is a little bit of like an expansion team to them, you know, even though the the roster is the exact same. So I do think he gets like the maybe like the expansion bump where like the expansion yeah. coaches usually get three, four years. Uh, so I, I do think he, he almost definitely will get another year. The, to be fair, as bad as Jeff Fisher has been, he has an abhorrent team and he has them at 500. Well, but that's well. First of all, they're not a port. They have an elite defense with the best player in the game defensively. I mean, they have elite front seven. I don't know if they have an elite yeah. secondary. Well, look, they they beat your Jets nine to six. They won a game earlier this year six to nothing. So their defense is good enough to get them multiple wins without scoring touchdowns. Yeah, but now they're on another offensive coordinator who still can't get them to move the ball. Like there's just no talent on offense other than Gurley. Yeah. Well, fortunately uh, for Fisher, I think it's late enough in the season that even if Goff were to struggle, Fisher wouldn't get. And you said there's other reasons he won't be fired. So yeah, in a normal scenario, anyway. this would be it. Like if Goff is bad, then he gets fired. But it, I, I think he might not be fireable right now. Yeah. Now t- tied at 30th in our in our quarterback rankings, and we both had him exactly at 30. Is Brock Osweiler? Now this is a disaster because this is a guy who they spent a fortune on last year. They had you know decent production at least in the regular season from Brian Hoyer. Uh, they brought in Osweiler. They gave him big money. He's 30th in Chester QBR. He's 28th in QBR. He's a disaster. DeAndre Hopkins, who is you know one of the best two or three receivers in football, has become completely uh, irrelevant. Osweiler, I saw, has the low. He has I think 4.6 yards per attempt. Which he has like the worst in a, in like twenty years in the NFL. Yeah, that's so. insane. I've never even seen under five before. He's and he's so tall. I think like his average attempt is like shorter than you know his height. Great joke. I think Hold that. Um... Wait for it. Wait for it. <laughs> <laughs> we got drops now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the only thing about Oswald, the reason I would have him above the kingdoms of the world, is he has a little bit of upside. Like he can. Only, he's not going to get worse. He can only get better. I think. Well, I mean, he can't get worse because, again, he's like 30th right now. Yeah. Well, I'm but, saying, like, there, there's a chance well, that he develops any, into Ryan Tannehill. We don't expect Tannehill. anything of the teams we've could he, mentioned. Could he become Ryan Tannehill next season? It's possible. Well, what have we seen from him? No, nothing. He could become a less accurate Ryan Tannehill. I take it back. Yeah, it's a big problem for Houston. They have receivers. They have, I mean, they have great pieces up and down their offense. Yeah. So, and yet he can't even get 100 yards in a game. So, I don't know what they're going to do there. Uh, number 29, and surprising that they're uh, this high, is uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Or Bryce Petty, whatever. Uh, you know, Fitzpatrick, obviously, the numbers do him no favors because of all the interceptions this year. But that's how bad Brock Osweiler is. I'd rather have Ryan Fitzpatrick than Brock. Yeah, Brock Fitzpatrick Osweiler. will move the ball. I mean, he's got better, you know, at least at the start of the year, he had, you know, a really solid receiving core. Um, I, there's nothing more to say about Fitzpatrick. He's really bad. I, I, how many, I don't know how many tiers you separated the quarterbacks into, but I have about five or six tiers. I could really cut it to five easily. Uh, and I'd say... 25 to 32 for us is uh, like the, you know, you need to get a better quarterback next season tier. Well, like I the ho- agree, 25 to 32 that- is hopeless. That's what I'd say. But you can't call it hopeless when the team won the Super Bowl last year with the 32 quarterback. I understand, but that's 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 such an anomaly. Yeah, but if you have a great defense, look, we've seen, I mean, you know, we saw it. If you have the, how about this? If you have the eighth best defense. Then you know you 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 can't even make the playoffs with with twenty five okay. to thirty two. Correct, that's correct. Unless unless it's like a terrible division where seven wins can win it, obviously. 
but yeah, generally speaking, that's correct. All right, so next on our list, uh, we have two guys tied at 27th, uh, really going in opposite directions. Uh, Colin Kaepernick, I have at 29, you have a 26. Trevor Simeon, I have a 26, you have a 29. Let's talk about Kaepernick first. Uh, you know, I think numbers... I have him a little higher because your numbers probably don't factor in the fact that he could still run a little bit. Well, no. I, 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 the rankings I did are not based on the numbers. The rankings are just sort of my opinion. Because my numbers, which do take running into account, I have him 24th in, in Chester QBR, and he's actually 18th in regular QBR. So his numbers are actually pretty decent this year. Um, the reason I have him this low is because, I mean, I've seen him play, and I just don't think – I think his, his ceiling is higher than the guys we've mentioned so far, but he's clearly not the guy that he was – you know, just three or four years ago. And the fact that he has Chip Kelly means that he's probably worse than his numbers because Chip Kelly gave, you know, Nick Foles and Sam Bradford, everybody has career career years with Chip Kelly. Mm-hmm. So I think at this point, Kaepernick's just done. Yeah, I don't know what he's going to do next year. I, I, I'm on the record now. Chip Kelly's going to be in college by December, before the end of the NFL season. Uh, there's just no reason for him to come back because there's no... I mean, they could definitely get... They could get pick one or two. So maybe he well, wants th- to rebuild with he, that. I think it would harm his reputation to leave in the middle of the season. Like we saw like Petrino mm, do doesn't that doesn't matter. And yeah, and Petrino got four more jobs. And Sa- oh, yeah, Saban really hurt him. He makes more money than Belichick. No, it's not about – but it's just like their, the perception. You know, the, why, won't matter. You people- win in college, it doesn't matter. It's just like you just – that's just it for you in the NFL. That's I mean, it. in South Florida, Nick Saban's name is Mud. They hate him. Uh, who cares? Don't go to South Florida. Nobody should be in South Florida anyway. Well, but maybe Chip Kelly doesn't want to have to avoid the whole Bay Area. I think I don't see any benefit. Yeah, for him to I don't. Leave I wouldn't want a bunch season. of coders coming after me. I'm just saying, there's no reason for him to leave before the season. They could, they could safe space him to death. Yeah. All right. So meanwhile, guy. we have Trevor Simeon. Uh, you know, he 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 looked better in the beginning of the season. I think he's really taken a step backwards at this point. He also he has a ton of weapons. So I'm not really you know his his Chester quarterback ranking is 25th. His QBR is 22nd. He's just a rookie, so it's hard to judge too much yet. Yeah. But there's, there's, it's difficult to see a path to him becoming a Pro Bowl quarterback. Yeah, it's a weird year. There's only three, you know, first year QBs really going. Uh, you know, Wentz, um, Simeon, and Dak Prescott. So it actually was a pretty easier to grade these guys. I don't know if you agreed, but we really have the book on almost everybody, especially you know from 25 on up. We have the everyone, everyone's been around for years, other than the two rookies. Uh, Simeon's definitely improving a little bit. Uh, you know, he, he sat at a full year. He's he, There's no reason to think he won't get a little better. I just don't know if the tools are there for him to be anything other than, than a one-year placeholder. To me, the Broncos, probably the most aggressive franchise in the league. I think they, they'll they'll try and get Romo for next season. But, well, but I think Paxton Lynch is their plan. Now, if Romo's available, obviously you get Romo. I don't, I, I don't I, I think I, if Lynch was good, he'd, he'd be playing over Trevor Simeon. I mean, he's a first-round pick. I think they're going after Romo. No, he was a second round pick. No, or was it the end of the first round? Something. I thought he was like twenty fourth or something. Yeah. I, I, to me, to me, I think you get Romo because even if you like Lynch, you know, Lynch could sit on the bench for two years. How long is Romo lasting? But Romo gives you the chance to really be the best team. You know, one of the two elite teams in the AFC. You get Romo when he plays fourteen games. You you have a buy automatically if, if you're the Broncos. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if Romo was on the Broncos, they'd be the overwhelming Super Bowl favorite right now, assuming yeah. that he was healthy. I, I so I think that's what you do. Obviously, they can't go back to Cutler. There aren't a lot of options. I, I, you know, I think the, the Jaguars could be very aggressive and they could give Romo, like they could literally trade for Romo and sign him to an extension. They have like a hundred million dollars in cap space or the Browns. I don't know why the Browns would do that. Why? But why would Romo want to go there? Well, if they the trade him, he doesn't is, have a lot of options. He's under contract with the Cowboys. Well, that's what I'm saying. You'd have to trade him, but these teams have, have draft to be a picks. Trade because otherwise the Browns Cowboys have tons of draft so picks to cap. trade. Yeah. 
Yeah, but I, you know, I don't know. We'll see. Um, Who's next? Yeah, By the way, uh, break. I, you know, we didn't talk about uh, Simmons got annihilated by Collinsworth yesterday on Twitter. You saw that, right? Very uncalled for. But. Yeah, but uh, so Simmons just tweeted that Collinsworth's coming on the podcast later. So you figured they would, uh, they would. Yeah, know, and, and also Collinsworth deleted the tweet after an hour. So yeah. So Simmons actually finishes ahead on that whole exchange. Um, all right. So next on our list uh, is uh, the aforementioned Blake Bortles. We both have him at number twenty-seven. In my Chester QBR, he's twenty-sixth right now statistically. We've discussed Bortles a lot the last few weeks. He is what he is, which is terrible until garbage time, and then he'll get you a couple. It's so times. it's so funny because he, you know, he's really good in fantasy football. Like he's a legitimately good fantasy football quarterback, and I've never seen anything like it. Like I don't know if there's a baseball equivalent. Like what if a guy could steal like three hundred bases, but you know, literally could you know had no power. Got only, zero, had, only when it's th- like uh, you know indifference, basically, because it's eleven to two. Basically, like I can't even think. Or if a guy had like seventy homers, but seventy four RBI and hit one forty, now nah, he would still be useful. Like I don't, I don't know. There is no equivalent, but he is so bad at real. No, I mean, there's a football. lot of basketball equivalents. There's lots of guys. Sharif Abdurrahim is an example that comes to mind. There's lots of guys who put up big numbers for terrible teams. No, right? but he's not putting up big numbers. He's like. Literally, Mister Garbage Time. He's the. But it's a similar concept. He only puts up big numbers when the game doesn't matter anymore. I'm trying. Who's like the NBA sixth man who was incredible at putting up big numbers when the game was over? Oh, Gatling. Chris Gatling was like amazing in Garbage Time. All right, so Blake Bortles is the Chris Gatling. Yeah, but when you watch a Jaguars game, like you turn it on for a minute in the second quarter, and he looks like how did anybody ever draft him? He can't even throw a ball. Yeah. He has like ten. He has like ten gaffes a game. It's ridiculous. Yeah, and they took him over Derek Carr and Teddy Bridgewater. So, well, but but look, he had four. It was probably a good call to pick him over Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, he could still walk. (laughs) Where would Teddy rank for you if he was if he was healthy? Well, I mean, it's hard to say if he was healthy. Assuming like natural slight progression from last season. But but that's not what anybody was expecting from him. In the preseason, his numbers were insane. In December of last right. year, his numbers were insane. I mean, Right, I shouldn't this. ask you. You had him being like the NFL. No, we talked about last year in December. We talked about in the history of the NFL. Well, he's Mr. He December, second, but he's not good in September through November. I think or he had the second January. highest quarterback ranking uh, in NFL history in the month of December after Russell Wilson. Um, and he also was unbelievable in the preseason this year. So, look, I would say if he was what he was last year, he'd probably be about somewhere between 18, 19, 20. But the hope this year was that he was going to take a big jump, right? That he was mm-hmm. going to be like 10 or 11. But um, All right. But uh, back to the guys who are actually playing. Next on our list, number 25, we have Jay Cutler. Uh, statistically, he's far and away the worst quarterback in the NFL this year. I mean, yeah. by leaps and bounds. I mean, he has but, to be in this garbage. He has to, he, I have him in the bottom eight. You have him actually ahead of Joe Flacco, which is the, the dumbest take on the entire list. Oh, we'll get to that. Um, but we have five big disagreements. I think that's the spoiler. We have really there's f- only five quarterbacks we really disagree on. Uh, but Flacco's the biggest disagreement because you, you're you have an abominable take on Flacco. Uh, but yeah, Cutler is useless. I don't know if you gave him a change of scenery and gave him a good offensive line, he could bounce back to being like you know Tannehill level even or Bradford level or the guys ahead of him. But I, I like if you're the Jets. I mean, obviously, oh, he's better than Fitzpatrick. Yeah, Cutler's going to be on the Jets. It's going to yeah. be so bad. Yeah, he's not going to be able to handle New York media at all. <laughs> I mean, well, he could hang. He could, he could come to New York, hang out with his best buddy Donald Trump. Yeah. Is Cutler? You know. a Trump? Oh, I'm sure he is. Yeah, he just came out and said that he was. He's a big Trump guy. Yeah. 
Well, him and his wife were both uh, real geniuses, so no surprise there. All right, on number 24 on our list, Ryan Tannehill. Now, Tannehill actually, uh, my stats have liked him a little bit more, and he actually had a great game, uh, especially in the second half against San Diego this week. But um, his numbers, you know, his traditional numbers, like going into the game, he had nine touchdowns, nine picks, which doesn't look very good. But the Chester QBR really liked him. And after this week, the Chester QBR likes him even more. He's up to 16th in Chester QBR, which means he's about average. Uh, He's 27th in QBR still, uh, so... Uh, which is closer to where we have him. But you clearly would rather have Ryan Tannehill than any of the guys we've mentioned so far. Yeah, and, you know, we're doing this for, like, this season, obviously. If if we're, you know, discussing based on, you know, who you obviously, like, you'd rather have Tannehill over the next guy, Sam Bradford, going forward because he's much younger. Uh, yeah, he might not be much younger, right but he's in, he's got many less miles on him. Yeah, we're um, doing this based on right now. It, yeah, but, yeah, he's not accurate enough to be in the Bradford range. And... He has a game. He's like a bad version of Eli in that he has a game every month that it's like, oh, my God, how's he in the NFL? Yeah. Um, all right. So Sam Bradford is next, as you mentioned. Now, Not much to say it, about Sammy P. I don't know about you. Well, here's the thing. His numbers are really, really good. You know, people were talking about him as an MVP when they were 5-0. and And since mm-hmm. then, he, he he only has two turnovers the entire season. So he's he's protecting the ball. His, his completion percentage is very strong. Yeah. He's, he's the new Pennington. He can't throw deep. No, he, oh, he has a great deep ball. Well, they no, haven't no, been no, connecting. Teddy Bridgewater can't throw deep. That's well, one of the reasons that idiots were saying, oh, the Well, you can't make the cross-racial comparison. Everybody knows that. I can't call it no, the reason, No, the issue with the Vikings is that, you know, they've had five tackles. One, two, three, four, five tackles go on IR, plus a guard, uh, plus their starting running back. So he's just, he has no time. He's getting killed, and he's not mobile. The, the thing is that he has no mobility whatsoever, whereas you have a Bridgewater or a Russell Wilson. Those are guys who could get some success behind a depleted offensive line because they can, you know, they can create time, space in the pocket with their legs. The problem is Bradford can't do that, and so he's getting murdered. But his stats are much, much higher. I mean, I think we ha- we have them both ranked too low, probably. Uh, you know, last year he looked really good. No, we definitely uh, don't have him too low. There's nobody he's better than who's coming up. Well, I, look, again, statistically, he's 14th in Chester QBR. Okay, right? that's meaningless. Yeah. Okay, he's 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 19th in, in ESPN's QBR. Yeah. My, he's uh, higher than, the, you know, the next few guys on our list. My kid has a Plato that he ranks the quarterbacks on. He's 17th there. Okay, so look at traditional numbers. Traditional numbers. He's eight touchdowns, two interceptions. His completion uh, percentage is top 10 in the league. Like, Yeah. No, listen, like, that's good. That's good for 23rd. I mean, name a guy he's better than who we're going to talk about. Is he better than Alex Smith? No, but you're you're insane on Alex Smith and have been well, for years. Alex Smith is is washed up. He's at better this than point. Carson Wentz. He's better than Joe Flacco. He's better than Eli Manning for sure. Yeah. Okay. Every uh, single, you have to factor in the, you have to factor in that he's never healthy. Well, but we're talking about right now, right? We're not. What do you mean right now? Health. Like literally this second? Yeah. These rankings are right. Yes, we did rankings in the preseason. They were different. These rankings well, are, are these right rankings now, on? Yeah, but 10. the if, like, what you're saying makes no sense. Like we have to have some knowledge of like. Yeah, Bradford is injury-prone, and the chances of him staying upright for the rest of the season are worse than Tyra Taylor's, you know? all thi- Okay, all things being equal, I, I suppose for the rest of the season, I could hear an argument for having Eli over Bradford because Eli, you know, has never missed a game in his career. Mm. But with the Vikings' current offense, who would I rather have? I'd rather have Bradford, and I bet you the Giants would have rather have Bradford also because the Giants have an offensive line that I think could protect him. So You think the Giants anyways. would rather have Sam Bradford than Eli Manning? Well, they wouldn't make that trade because Eli's won two Super Bowls for them. But in terms of pr- production and performance on the field, there's no question. Mm. Eli, you know, has tons of turnovers. Eli's right. inaccurate. Mm. Uh, yeah. You know, if we're talking about going forward as opposed to what they've done in the past. Anyways, all right. So yeah. let, let's let's move past. You're Bradford. insane. Number twenty-two, Carson Wentz. Uh, not you know. <laughs> Jury's still out let, on Wentz. 
This well, is Wentz not a start, diss, but started good and it's gotten really bad. I mean, his QBR right now he's 29th in the league among the starting quarterbacks, so he has a really, really, really weak numbers. Uh, my numbers like him a little bit more. I have him at 18th, but the problem is that a rookie quarterback should not be regressing within the season, right? I mean, they won a game yesterday, and it was no thanks, or this week, this past week, and it was a very impressive win against the lineup. But then again, that was their defense. Their defense, they've shut down good teams at home, whether it's Pittsburgh, Minnesota, who might not be good anymore, Atlanta. Um, but, but Wentz has really struggled. He struggled in that Minnesota game. He str- I mean, the high point for his season probably was that Pittsburgh game, right? Listen, he's a rookie from North Dakota State, so uh, who cares if he struggles? Oh, overall, he's done better than expected, for sure. Yeah. But, you know. All right. Okay, so next on our list, we have two guys uh, tied at 20th. They each, I think, merit some serious discussion. So we'll start with Joe Flacco. So Joe Flacco, I don't understand why you like Joe Flacco. You have number 14. Here's the numbers. He's 28th in Chester QBR. He's 26th. Can you just stop saying Chester QBR? Because we know what your ranking is, and no one cares what the Chester QBR ranking is. No, but those are two different numbers. Because in my rankings, I have 25. I'm saying my statistical ranking is different than my... I'm sorry. I forgot you're uh, you're legitimately insane. I apologize. Keep going. (laughs) Fine. So, uh, fine. So, what numbers do you want to use? So, so his traditional quarterback ranking is even worse. Mm. Okay. His midseason QBR is, uh, according to his QBR according to ESPN right now, is 26th. Last year, he was worse than that also. He hasn't been a top, forget about top 15 or top 20. He's been a bottom five quarterback for two seasons in a row now. And watch their games. He has tons of weapons on offense. Okay. You just said something Terrible. insane. He has the worst weapons in the entire NFL on offense. They have, they have no running back. They have no running back. Like, literally, they don't have a running back who could be owned on a fantasy team. Terrence they, West, who yeah. superfan Robbie has been riding, and he's been very good this year. Yeah, he stinks. Uh, they have no— they what, have, what do you mean he stinks? Look at his numbers. He's had great numbers all year. Yeah. And, by the way, don't forget, in the preseason, they were really high on Kenneth Dixon, the rookie, and then he got injured, and they're just bringing him back. But Terrence West has been very good. Dixon, they have a lot of hope for. And then they have tons of options. You know, the receivers, they have Steve Smith, who's still great at his advanced age. They have Mike Wallace, Kamar Aiken, Rashad Perriman. Those okay. are a lot of weapons. Dennis Pitta. Yeah, they have, they have many third receivers. I agree. No okay. ones or twos, but they have a lot of threes. Okay, but Joe Flacco, I mean, they, what receivers did they have better in past years? They had Andy Holden once about five years so ago. So they have no, no tight end, no good running back, no receivers. They and, their off, and their offensive Ancro- line and their offensive line stinks. And other Max than that, Williams. other than that, I don't know why he's not tearing up the league. I mean, they have a great offensive line. Marshall Yonda is one of the best guards in the NFL. Stanley's been a good t- left tackle. I don't know what you're talking about, but forget about that. His numbers have been abysmal. So you're saying that you don't care about his numbers because you think he just has bad weapons. Bad weapons. He's not as inaccurate as you're portraying it. He's you know he's throwing, completing sixty percent of his passes. Yeah, sixty percent is the floor. In sixty-two. NFL. Sixty-two. The floor that we haven't had a we Jets haven't had a sixty two in uh, many many years since Pennington probably yeah well that's why the the Jets were at the bottom of this ranking anyways Joe Flacco is again much like Eli Manning because he once won a Super Bowl and the the difference between them is Joe Flacco was legitimately elite in that playoff run I mean that four game playoff run was one of the greatest we've ever seen but I'm not talking about what he did in the playoffs two or three years ago I'm talking about what he's done in the regular season this year and what he's done in the regular season last year. And he's been a very, very bad quarterback. He's been worse than Ryan Tannehill. He's been worse than Jay Cutler. Not this year, but last year he was. He's been worse than Sam Bradford, both last year and this year. Yeah, if you switch the weapons, Tannehill would be the worst guy in the league, we would think. And Flacco would be, you know, riding the Dolphins to the playoffs. I mean, I don't know. That's a hypothetical. But Flacco's been really bad two years in a row. 
All right, let's let's move on. And he's, and he's never had a good. And, and let's be honest, he's never had a good regular season. He had one great four four game run in the playoffs a few years ago. All right, and, and then the next guy that is tied with, who we're also I'm going to argue with you, is Tyrod Taylor. So Tyrod Taylor last year statistically was one of the best six or seven quarterbacks in the NFL. He was mm. a no question Pro Bowler. I think his quarterback ranking was actually highest in the NFL. Um, his numbers were really really good, even though he did not have any weapons at least down the field. Uh, you know, Sammy Watkins was injured the whole year. He did have a good running game, but um, we didn't really trust it, and we ranked him pretty low coming into this season. I see in my preseason rankings, I actually had Tyra Taylor number 24, and all he's done is repeated it. His QBR right now is 7th in the league, again. So all Tyra Taylor does is put up elite numbers with no weapons, and yet we continue to disrespect him. We have him 20th. So, and I have him 18th. You have him actually 21st. Well, I don't want to so say no weapons because they have a running game and they have, you know, an elite offensive line. Probably the second best offensive line. Okay, but the, okay, but they have, no, they have no, you know, they have nobody downfield. Who's he throwing to? Robert Woods? Charles Clay? I mean, his weapons are much worse than Flacco's. Yeah, no. Dramatically worse. Uh, his weapons are bad. They have a lot of guys on that team that shouldn't be in the NFL, like at the back of okay. the receiving position. And yet his numbers have been elite two years in a row. So why are we disrespecting him so much? I mean, he has a lot of bad games. But he doesn't. He had one bad game against the Jets, I think, that influenced He's had a, a ton of bad games. I mean, op- opening day, he, he goes 15 for 22 for 111 yards. Week three, he's 14 for 25 for 119 in a pick. Like, yeah, they were winning games in spite of him because their defense was on, making But his plays. numbers on the season are elite. So if you're going to pick and choose his two bad games, then that just emphasizes how great he's been in the other games. No, he has a lot of bad games. Okay, but Akiva, cumulatively on the season, mm. statistically, he's the he's the seventh best quarterback in the league so far this year. He hasn't thrown for three hundred yards once. Okay, but he's also he's also runs the ball, and as you said before, like you have to take that into account when you're talking about whether it's Wilson or whether it's Steve Young once upon a time or whether mm. it's Michael Vick or whether it's Kaepernick. Like you, you can't ignore the fact that he's a weapon, you know, with his legs. Okay. It's just it's crazy to me that not. I mean. I don't think there's a team in the NFL. I, listen, our the, the the take on Tyrod Taylor is he hasn't played that many games ultimately. Uh, you know, he missed games last year. It's relatively early this season. Well, but he's played By, as much as Marcus Mariota. And I, understand. Carr and Dak I understand. And, I understand. I understand. Um, I, 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 look, I'm not disagreeing with you because I only have him 18th. I'm just wondering why. This could be his ceiling. This could be his ceiling. Listen, there's a lot of decent quarterbacks in the league. Yeah, but if this is his if ceiling, you want to say a- you rank Carson Palmer ahead of him, if you wanted to say he's better than Carson Palmer, I'm not going to call you crazy. And I'm asking, why did I rank Carson Palmer ahead of him? I don't know. I know, because you're a racist. <laughs> that's it. You got it. Um, all right, okay, so that's enough with uh, Tyra Taylor. Number 19, Kirk Cousins. We Speaking both have 19, exactly. The Redskins. Um, Kirk Cousins' numbers, actually, are a little mm. bit better than this. I'm surprised. His numbers are have him as, like, the 10th or 11th best quarterback in the league. Yeah. Uh, he, These are my fantasy actually, QBs, Cousins and Taylor, and they're doing fine. Yeah, Cousins started the season slow. He's gotten better in the last couple of weeks, um, you know. Obviously, I saw every play of his game this past week against the Vikings. He looked great for a quarter, then he disappeared for two quarters. Then, um, you know, he led them on a, on a game-winning field goal drive. Um, I don't know. I, it's, it's hard to have an opinion about Kirk Cousins because he was so historically terrible until last year, and then he was historically incredible, and now he's just he's been above average. But I don't really have a lot of opinions about Cousins yet. I want to see a little bit more. Yeah, I agree. I, you were so down on him going into the year. Obviously, he's won you over a little bit, but... With with the guys who've only had two or three seasons of work, Cousins obviously a lot more than, you know, the Taylors and the Mariotas, but a little bit more, and we'll, you know, our opinions on the Tyra Taylor and the Kirk Cousins of the world will be, you know, the same way, locked in the same way that our opinion of the of the next guy is about as locked in as it could get. 
All right, so the next time this is Alex Smith. Uh, you have always, in the two years we've been doing this podcast, disrespected the Chiefs, Andy Reid, and Alex Smith. And you've sort of acknowledged that you were wrong on the first two, but you seem to be doubling down on Alex Smith. Now, Alex Smith is in the middle of the worst season of his career right now. Um, but that means that he's only the 17th best quarterback this year. So he's been about average. Whereas, actually, usually, he ends up being about the 11th or 12th best quarterback. He's just extraordinarily unsexy and quiet the way he does it. You know, obviously, they had the year where they didn't have a single touchdown to a receiver. Uh, but it's a little misleading because, you know, he had a lot to his, to his tight end, Kelsey, and to his running backs. Alex Smith has, you know, his ceiling is lower than, you know, Anybody's. the rest of the guys. Well, here's the, he's, he's in his but, 12th season, Chester. Yeah, but, but his floor is so high. That's the thing. Alex Smith is I mean, not his floor his game. floor is going the whole season without throwing a touchdown to a receiver. That's his floor. That's not yeah, even that but high. Or an, but the, or an interception. The thing is, Alex Smith is not going to lose you a game. And he's shown the ability to win you games. You know, he had, he had that incredible game, uh, that playoff game, where yeah, he had the yeah, 45 points. If, if he, he didn't have that back. one game, you would have him, like, 23rd right now. No, that's no. he had the game in San Francisco against the Giants. Yeah. Or, or excuse me, against the Saints. Or sure. I think those two games that year in the playoffs. Sure, sure. seven he's years ago. Multiple, it was he's great. had multiple 350-yard games. Yeah, uh, he's had, two, games he's had two incredible games in the playoffs, but none of them were recent. Well, but last year he also had a good playoff game. His yards per attempt has gone down. I mean, the only oh, no. thing I mean, that's again, ca- again this year he struggled a little bit. Now, part of it he was injured. The, you know, the last well, part of it is he was he was mobile, so he was able to you know very quietly he was you know uh, the sne- sneaky uh, fast guy that was you know he almost ran for five hundred yards last year. He stopped running. He's done. That's it. He's thirty two years old. He isn't running at all this year. He's never going to run again. Well, uh, so it took away part of his game, and well. And he always, you know, he misses time. He's played 16 games twice, three times in his whole career, and this is 12th season. Okay, but we're not talking about drafting a guy, you know, to start your your franchise with, are we? No, but you have to factor in something other than how has he done so far. You're like a robot. I may as well do this with a, like, soon you're going to be able to podcast with robots. It's going to be good. Well, but I'm not a robot because, again, that's why I wanted to compare my actual ranking against my, against my statistical ranking. All right. Why don't you right? say something that, insane about uh, number 17, Eli Manning? There's nothing insane about Eli Manning. He's, just, he's a turnover machine. You're the, you know? you're the da- most down on Eli of anybody on earth. That's simply not true. ESPN right now ranks him as the 21st quarterback, and I rank him as the 21st quarterback. So I am literally 100% the exact same position as ESPN. ESPN ranks quarterbacks? Yeah. Why, then why do people need us? They could just go, go to ESPN's ranks, guys. Forget <laughs> it. Podcast over. All right. Well, he's number twenty-one according to them. He's number twenty-one according to me. I'm in fifteen, but I, okay. So here's my, yeah, we're talking about tiers. So I said tier twenty-five to thirty-two. That's Cutler through the bottom is tier five. Then, then Bradford and Tannehill are their own tier at twenty-four, twenty-three, which is well, like there's, there's guys no that way. have no upside, but but are better than like you First could win. All, a, you were the one who last year said Tannehill was a top ten quarterback in the preseason. Yeah, so but he sucked since no then. Upside. I, he's never getting much better. So uh, anyway, they're a tier for me. Then 22, which was Wentz, through Flacco and Taylor and Cousins and Smith, all the way up through, I'd say, 13 is tier three. And then 12 to two is going to be tier two. And then Tom Brady's is tier one. He's his own tier. Okay. So and so, uh, so you're saying... so? so these guys are interchangeable. Like, so Eli, Eli and Sm- 13, Smith and Cousins. Yes, yes, exactly. Okay. He could be 13, he could Fine. be 22. Fine. All right, There's so, really so little screen. difference. By the way, screen. right like nowadays, the difference between four and twenty-two is negligible. I don't agree with that. Like Rogers is wor- four is Rogers, who who's like worse than cousin than when Wentz, you know, every other game was twenty. Yeah, well, we'll get to four. Um, all right, okay. So uh, next on our list, we have Jameis Winston at number sixteen. Uh, I have him at seventeen. You have him at eighteen. 
Uh, he's actually, you know, Marcus Mariota has leapfrogged him the last few weeks, which is a bit of a surprise when we saw the rookie season and when we saw the beginning of this season. But he just, you know, he, he turns the ball over a lot. He makes bad decisions. I still think that he could be, you know, he has the potential to be a Brett Favre-type quarterback, but we've seen more of the negative side of that than the positive side so far. Yeah, he's like a better Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ooh. The, the, oh. No, I'm saying like he makes ins- he makes like dumb throws. They're not like cowboy far throws. They're more like Fitzpatrick. Uh, he's his completion percentage for a second year is only sixty percent. It's a little troubling. He fumbles a lot. He throws yeah. he throws too Lions. many interceptions. Lions. Yeah, Lions. throws too many interceptions. Um, but and a good defense. What I've seen from him so far is a good defense will destroy him. Arizona and Denver made him look like a little eager. But then he, you know, when he plays a mediocre team like you know, in a mediocre defense like Atlanta, he looks like the Jameis Winston that got picked first, and that everyone thinks is going to be a superstar. Well, yep. everyone thought it was going to be a superstar. Um, he has potential for that. All right, definitely, next, definitely. Next on our list, uh, we both have Carson Palmer at number sixteen, exactly. Most boring uh, guy in the whole league. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, so last year, obviously, he was an MVP candidate. Uh, you know, just an elite quarterback, which is part of the reason Arizona looked like a Super Bowl contender. Mm. This year in the preseason, I had him at number ten, so I. I, I regressed him to the mean a little bit. Statistically, he's been awful. Statistically, he's been one of the worst six or seven quarterbacks in the league this year. But um, we think that he's somewhere in between that. He's not as bad as he's shown. He's not as good as he was last year. At 16, which means when you have him on a team that's absolutely stacked, which in theory the Cardinals are, you could win a Super Bowl with him. You could. People are awesome. too down on the Cardinals. Cardinals are making the playoffs. Well. They're getting that sixth seed. So, you only, so only one team. So you think the Vikings are done? Yeah, I think uh, unless the Lions collapse, yeah. So only one team's getting out of the North. Obviously, only one team is coming out of the South. And then I think the Giants and the Cowboys are going to be in the playoffs. And the, it's really so between the Cardinals Wa- and the Eagles. Washington, Washington yeah, Washington get, could get to nine and seven. Washington could could definitely be that that sixth team. They're they're the third team that has a chance. But I think I've, I, I've always I I have not swayed from Arizona as a wild card team the entire season. Yeah, and that's I, I think I think they're going to get that sixth seed. And it it wouldn't. I, I mean, I'm not guaranteeing it. Like Philly and Washington have better records right now, but uh, I, I, you know, it's certainly in the offing. It's possible. Well, the Arizona at Minnesota game this week. Uh, you know, we, I think at the end of this podcast, we'll quickly uh, run through this week's games and just give previews. To me, the biggest two games of the week are Green Bay at Washington, number one, mm. Arizona at Minnesota, number two. Yeah, I'm shocked. You and, think the Vikings game is like the game of the week? You never. Well, no, that. I don't. I said Green Bay at Washington is number one. But the reason is because those are three teams, four teams, all in the NFC, all within, you know, a game and a half of 500, basically. Yeah. All of whom, the losers of those two games are going to be in a lot of trouble in terms of making the playoffs. Whereas the winners, you know, if Washington wins, they get to six and three. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's hard not to consider them a playoff team. Whereas, you know, um, so, yeah, yeah, so that, and, and then the Packers, of course, if Washington were to win, the Packers would drop to four and six, would just be incredible. So, um, I mean, I can, you imagine the pa- can you imagine the Packers losing three weeks in a row to Indy? Uh, Tennessee, Tennessee and Washington. Yeah. yeah, it's hard to believe. Um, yeah, so I do want to I do want to make some picks on those games, but we'll get to that in a second. Um, so, so Carson Palmer, yeah, you know, he was the worst quarterback in the playoffs last year, other than Brian Hoyer. I mean, against the Packers, he was just awful. He was abysmal. And then the next week against Carolina, he's even worse. Mm-hmm. So, um, you can you could win a Super Bowl in theory with Carson Palmer, but uh, Arizona's not. Going I think you could have last year. I think that that day has maybe gone by. All right, yeah. All right, n- next on our list, Dak Prescott. Again, how do you rank this guy? Statistically, he's a top four quarterback. He's an MVP candidate. Um, but we both think that, you know, you're grading out a curve because he has far and away the best offensive line, not just in football, but, you know, possibly the best offensive line we've ever seen. Yeah, it's really good. Certainly I mean, the best the, offensive the line. The Niners' 90 offensive Cowboys. lines were pretty 
Niners, Cowboys, Niners and Cowboys in the nineties were both like yeah. No, the Cowboys they, had they like sort of just solved. They just realized like oh, offensive line's really important. We should sort of that should be our main focus other than quarterback. Yeah. Before years before anybody else did, and those two teams just had yeah. like five top twenty offensive linemen in the league. Yeah. So look, Dak Prescott, he's been great. He's clearly answered the uh, the Tony Romo question. It's his job, but it's hard to know because how do you grade him in a vacuum when he, when he's in really the perfect system with you know just an unbelievably astoundingly good offensive line, a great running back, great receiver, and you know, and a, and a bunch of other weapons. Um, so, look, Dak Prescott's good. We'll have to wait and see on him. Yeah, Mariota. But, yeah, all right. So we have Mariota next. Uh, big swings on Mariota. In, in the, in, last year he was, he was bad. This year he started out the season kind of slow. We were both saying, yeah, you know, Winston definitely uh, was the better of those two. But he's looked really, really good the last few weeks. Yeah, he's really turned it on. Uh, I'd have to be very encouraged. Like, and, and now you have to talk about the Titans as that fourth seed maybe. Well, so the funny thing is this, because the Bengals lost last night, I actually think that the winner, and because Houston won, Houston's now 6-3, and three, I think it's quite likely that the AFC South winner could end up being the three seed. Because oh, Cincinnati, I hear you. Yeah, that's possible. Cincinnati might be 8-7-1, and one, and Houston yeah. might be 9-7. and seven. I think you're sleeping on Pittsburgh a little bit, but what you're saying is not insane. Yeah. Well, you know, Pittsburgh is under 500 right now. Now, they do have two games against Cleveland to go. So, But, um, yeah, but is Pittsburgh going to get a better than 9-7? and seven? Are they going to go better than 5-2 and two down the stretch? I don't think so. They have some tough games on their schedule. So, yeah. And Houston already has banked six wins. Houston's terrible, but they have six wins. By the way, uh, Houston 6-3 and three at Oakland 7-2 and two in Mexico. A 6-3 and three and 7-2 and two team, but that's going to be a terrible game, right? Yeah, it's not, it's not a game that excites me too much. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, Houston is really boring. They're, like the, they're, they're, the, they're the rich man's Rams and Jets. They're impossible to watch. Yeah. Feel bad for Mexico. First, uh, Donald Trump, now this. But speaking of, speaking of the Raiders, who are going to Mexico, uh, Derek Carr, another guy who maybe it's one year too early to have like a firm take on him. He's at 12. Yeah, so I think that the hype on Derek Carr has gotten a little bit too high. Like, okay, his his fantasy numbers have been great, much like Blake Bortles' is last year, but a part of that is because he's throwing the ball 50-plus times a game. Um, you know, ESPN's QBR, they have him at 12th, which is exactly where you have him. I have him one spot higher at 11th. So I think we have him in about the right place. Yeah, I think 12 is fine right now. I mean, Andy Dalton's 11, and as you've said, he was one of the best players in the NFL last year, maybe, you know, top three or whatever. He uh, was my MVP when he got injured. But without you, Jackson, last year, the offense, and for some reason the defense, so maybe it's not just you, Jackson, has totally fallen apart. We've we've been, since the day this podcast started, we've been talking about how Marvin Lewis should have been fired years ago, and I think it's finally going to happen. It's going to be a bloody, that Monday is going to be extra bloody. It's going to be delicious. We should do like a live show. I still think that they're going to weasel their way to – I think they're going to win that division at 8-7-1. and one. I really do. And he's going to keep his job He's going to keep his job for another year? Well, actually, um, if they're 8-7-1, and one, they'd, probably, they'd, be, they'd have a home game against Kansas City or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they could win. Yeah, there's no 5C uh, that's going to be unbeatable for sure. Well, it's going to be the, it's going to be the two teams out of the AFC West. Well, I'm saying none of those teams are unbeatable when you're playing them at home. Yeah. No, for sure. Well, but except for the fact that Marvin Lewis has literally never won a playoff game, and he said many of them at home. So yeah, uh, uh, number ten is a guy who maybe could have been nine if he had had a better second half last week. I tried not to let the last couple of weeks weigh me too much. I mean, we definitely moved Mariota up much more than he would have been a month ago. But I mean, Philip Rivers threw four picks in the second half was so abysmal last week. What do you think about Rivers? Yeah, and Rivers has really been bad. I mean, look, so last year, the first month of the year, he was like the MVP of the league in September. And then he got much, much worse after that. And he's basically repeated that this year also. He's he's getting older. 
and he's he's no longer an elite quarterback. I think that we might even have him a little bit too high at number ten, honestly. How many nannies do you think Philip Rivers has with his well, eight kids? Well, okay, and to be fair, to yeah, he's got a lot of nannies. He's got a lot of kids. He's also you know all his weapons get destroyed every year. This year, Keenan Allen and Danny Woodhead went out for the year basically right away. Antonio Gates has been on and off the field. So it's a little bit unfair to judge him. He's throwing to, you know, Tyrell Williams and Dontrell Inman, who none of us have yeah. ever heard of. It's crazy. They, like, stock. They're, like, the poor version of the Steelers where, like, they the Steelers find these six-foot guys who can fly and you've never heard of. And they're, they're like, oh, my God, that guy would start on my team. He's the fifth receiver for the Steelers. The Chargers have like the have like the Vincent Jackson clones where they have these like skinny fi- six foot five guys who you've never heard of who are catching passes and then you never hear from again. Yeah, and they look yeah they're guys who in the combine probably look like they're going to be phenomenal, but yeah, but they never really do anything. But they're like some of those guys, like that Williams guy is really tall, or it le- yeah. looks he looks really tall at least. Yeah, um, so probably a little bit too high on Philip Rivers. Uh, next on our list is Matthew Stafford. Uh, Stafford, I'm looking at my list other than. Marcus Mariota and Carson Wentz, but we knew nothing about Carson Wentz obviously going into the season. Uh, nobody has jumped as high from the preseason where I had them to where I have them now. I had them at fifteen. Now I have them up at number nine. Matthew Stafford. Yeah, I mean it's really it's not just last season. It's it's since Cooter took over in the middle of last season, he's been he's been like a top ten QB. Uh, he's what's he twenty seven? It's very encouraging. If I'm the Lions, like they their defense is good enough. Where if you may be like, fine, you know, the next Ezekiel Elliott, this team could be a Super Bowl contender next year. But you want to talk about bad games. I mean, he's had atrocious games. The game against Tennessee was atrocious. The game against Houston was atrocious. The game against Minnesota, which actually won, was atrocious. Mm-hmm. Except for the one play, which he never should have been able to do. If not, for I mean, football. it's fair to call his weapons below average, right? Well, but he had Calvin Johnson last year. No, I'm talking and about right now, this year. I don't think that's true. Golden Tate is supposed to be a very good receiver. And has he's, been, he's, you know, a, he's, a, he's an okay number two. He's an okay number Mar- two. Marvin Williams... Was, Marvin Jones. You know, has, Marvin Jones. Or Marvin Jones, excuse me. Yeah, yeah he was Williams. the number four in Cincinnati for a bunch of years. I like Marvin Jones, but he was he never started for Cincinnati. Uh, like, I don't know. Er- Eric Ebron was the number 10 pick in the draft as a Yeah, and has never paid off. Well, so is that his fault or is that his quarterback? It, it was I, a bad tight end. By the way, the, like all like every single tight end who got picked in that draft is like out of the league already. Yeah, I don't so think it's possible. Say, it's possible that, think, well, that like all those tight ends were just like stacked up against each other like oh my gosh there were so many tight ends picking those first two rounds and they're all like completely done and out of the league so maybe Ebron is one of those guys yeah I just I don't think you can say that he he doesn't have good weapons um I mean obviously below average his running backs have all been injured repeatedly yeah all right so the next guy on our list is another guy we had a disagreement about Cam Newton um Cam Newton obviously was the MVP of the league last year uh you know 50 touchdowns with no weapons down the field I mean he turned Ted Ginn into a you know into a 10 touchdown guy Mm -hmm. um he hasn't been as good this year, obviously. Uh, you have him at tenth. I have him at number three. I think what you said before is accurate. Like outside the top two, yeah, it's really a mess. Top one, top like, one, and I'm not. No, 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 the top two. We'll get. We'll get to that. That's okay. Why? But who I have but two. to me, two. If you want to say three to eleven is all the same, I say two to eleven is all the same. But I, it's this isn't a knock on Newton. It's just he's you know. He completes 10 passes less out of every 100 passes than some of the guys ahead of him do. You know, I just wish he was a little little bit more accurate. Well, first of all, he's throwing the ball way down the field, so it's Mm -hmm. a little bit unfair to judge him. The same reason. Well, maybe don't do that so much. Well, but look at yards per attempt. Don't look at completion percentage. And also, Cam Newton is a weapon with his legs unlike any other running back. So, I mean, you know, you have to take that into effect. You know, he clearly has the potential to be the best player in the NFL because he was last year. So he hasn't been that this year, but to have him all the way down to 10, I think is a little bit too low. I mean, you're talking about a guy who's completing 58% of his passes and has a 10-7 to touchdown-to-interception ratio. You have him behind Andy Dalton. There is no 
buddy in any front office in any football team anywhere in the world who would take Andy Dalton as their quarterback over Cam Newton. No, you're probably right. All right. We could retroactively move him to nine. All right. Okay. Well, but that would move him ahead of uh, next guy on our list, Matt Ryan. Uh, Matt Ryan, obviously this year, he's looking sort of like Carson Palmer last year or Andy Dalton in the sense that he's always been an above average quarterback. He's always been a good quarterback, but this year he's taken the leap. He's an MVP candidate. Um, It's just, you know, we have him at number seven because we don't really believe all that much of the hype because we've seen him for years. He's good, but he's not, you know, he's not in the Tom Brady category. No, he's not in the Brady category. So accurate. How much is, if you if you gave him worse receivers, if he didn't have the Julio Jones, like, you know, like video game style option where you could just throw the ball up and assume that he's going to catch it a couple times yeah. a game. I, you know, I don't, I, I don't know if he would still be this high up if he'd be closer to, you know, a Stafford Dalton range, but he was so bad last year that he became an afterthought. And now to me, he's, you know... Can you win a Super Bowl with Matt Ryan? I think definitely. Yeah, but I think you always could. Even last year. By the way, year, does anybody have a worse agent or like PR team in the league? Like, he's been a solid quarterback now for so many years. Have you ever seen Matt Ryan in a commercial? Well, part well part of it I think is because his team hasn't done anything. They made the NFC ch- Championship game once against. I mean, Seattle, there are teams it. that don't do anything. Who who you know? I mean, there are defenders who are in more commercials than him. There's like tight ends who are. I I feel like a good you know a better. Uh, uh, you know, a better management I mean, team. Which defenders? J.J. Watt, who's won Defense Player of the Year three times, or, or you know Richard Sherman, who's you know won a Super Bowl and, and you've been like the highest profile interview in the game. So you're right a little bit. He's a little bit anonymous. Yeah, so he can walk got, down the street in New York and no one would notice him. Yeah, you got to have playoff success to be a quarterback and to you know to get that Q rating. I mean, you almost made that he was what one point away from the Super Bowl two years ago. Yeah, well, that was it. That was that was more than two years ago. Now. All right, so next on our list is Andrew Luck. You know, Pro Football Focus thinks he's really good this year. They they think he's been a top five quarterback. You like to say it's two to fifty three. He's got no help around him. Uh, my Chester QBR, which you don't want me to bring up anymore, I have him at fifteenth. He's been very average. And mm-hmm. last year he was twenty ninth. Last year he was abysmal. I mean, he was Peyton Manning abysmal. Yeah, but last year he um, was with according to every metric, he was really bad last year. Yeah, and so this year. Pro Football Focus loves him, but, uh, you know, you look at the more traditional numbers, and he's only been okay. So, again, maybe part of it has to do with the fact that uh, he doesn't have a lot of weapons, but, you know, he does have, you know, T.Y. Hilton, and he's got a lot of guys who, in theory, should be good receivers. I mean, Gore's having a better year. The, I don't know even he's really doing with Smoke and Mirrors because there's really not a lot on that on that team. Well, but are we giving Andrew Luck too much credit that we have him this high? No, I had him I at number four so. on my list. Well, let me ask you a question now. <laughs> yeah. To me, Especially- it was one and two and then a shrug. I had Cam Newton three, because Andrew everyone four. knows now who the top five is in some order, and yeah. only one of them is is can even remotely you know young. I think the other four are all over thirty years old. Yeah. If if this was a redraft, like a keeper league redraft for ever, where yeah. it wouldn't really make sense to pick Brady one probably because he's you know yeah, closing under forty. Who's your first pick? Okay, so going into last year, it was clearly Andrew Luck, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then by the end of last year, it was definitely Russell Wilson. And I think it's still Russell Wilson. Yeah, I think Wilson is probably the answer. I'd say Luck is probably too. <sighs> well, actually, last year people would have said Cam Newton, actually. Yeah, I mean, you put Newton there. How old is Newton? I would guess he's 25. Newton is 27. Oh, wow. Okay. But fine. Yeah, a little older than I thought. But yeah, yeah. No, I'd say Newton is right there with Luck at 2 3. Those are the top three. Yeah, those matter. are the top three. I might put Ryan four. How old is Ryan? No. Matt Ryan's already in his 30s. Is he in his 30s? Yeah. There's no way he's... Yeah, he's 31, so I take it back. Yeah, so then I don't know. Maybe I'd go with Mariota four. Uh, to me, it's those three, and then it's... And, and then Jared Goff, obviously five. 
No, it's those three, and then you start looking at, you know, defensive pieces. Oh, so you're saying you're not even picking a quarterback at that point. Yeah. Oh, really? You're going to take the injured, aging J.J. Watt? (laughs) Well, I don't know. You know, maybe it's Aaron Donald. Maybe it's, you know, I don't know. Can you pick all Um, five Cowboys offensive linemen? (laughs) Yeah, you know, part of the problem is, you know, like, they're talking about, oh, well, you know, Ezekiel Elliott shouldn't be the MVP. The Cowboys' offensive line should be the MVP, but it's that's the problem because it's hard to separate pieces from an offensive line. But sure, but yeah, but Elliott can't be the MVP because his rushing he is great, but his anybody would be ninety percent of him on with the like his rushing yards. Bef, you know, before he gets, before touched, he gets touched, yeah, it's better and you know than what the evidence in the of league. this is. The evidence is this that two years ago, Demarco Murray did the same thing for Dallas, yeah. and last year when they had nobody, they were fourth in the league in rushing. Yeah, I mean with McFadden, like, McFadden could come in McFadden and, a, and still and a be a pro bowler. He wouldn't be as good as Elliott, and, but he would be good. And that's why, even though Elliott is putting up these insane numbers, and fantasy football fans are going to be like, "Oh, what a good pick!" It was still a terrible pick for the Cowboys because you know Jay Ajayi went in the sixth round and has been on a play-by-play basis as good as Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, the thing about how much right? better they could be, they could be like eight and one if they didn't pick Elliott. Yeah, no, but th- think what they could have got—the number four overall pick. You know, they could have picked Dak Prescott. Right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, that's what they should have done. Okay. Yeah. It worked out for them, obviously. All right, tie um, at number four. All right, okay, fine. So at number four, we got a couple of guys who are uh, arguably coasting on their name more than their performance. So Ben Roethlisberger has always been, as long as we've been alive, the most overrated quarterback in the game. Oh my um, God. Even more so than Eli. He he always turns the ball over too much. You know, and an average season half. What are you talking about? He went like three years without throwing a home interception. Uh, every single year, except for one, he has 12 to 13 interceptions at least, if not 14, 15, 16. He led the league in interceptions once. Uh, Are we talking about Rodgers or Roethlisberger? Roethlisberger. Oh, well, you said Rodgers. You said Aaron Rodgers. Roethlisberger. I thought you were just making up stuff. Like, you were insane. Last year, Ben Roethlisberger was the 10th best quarterback in the NFL. This year, statistically right now, he's the 9th best quarterback in the NFL. I gave him a little bit of depth that I ranked him 8th. You have him at 2nd. Now, Steelers fans always love to overrate him. They actually legitimately think he's the best quarterback in football. There is no evidence of that. There is no number that you can possibly look at that can justify that. And they say, well, I don't care about the numbers. Look look what he does on the field. Okay, look what he does on the field. He turns the ball over way too much. He has better weapons than anybody in football by a massive margin. To me, I'm putting him at two because his A game is, is clearly number two. But hold on, Akita. He has the best running back in football. He has yeah. the best wide receiver in football. Yeah. Okay? And you know what? They win he, games when those guys were out. When which guys were out? I'm saying Bell misses games and Brown misses games. and Well, Brown hasn't missed any games. Last year. But Bell, yeah. <laughs> what um, are you doing? Give me that phone. Take it outside. Oh, okay. You talked before about, like, if you swap Flacco. If you swap, if you swapped Ben Roethlisberger and Joe Flacco, Flacco would have Roethlisberger's numbers, I say, without a doubt. Without a doubt. And if you put in a quarterback, if you put Aaron Rodgers on Pittsburgh, who we have tied, we have Aaron Rodgers tied with Ben Roethlisberger. If you put Matt Ryan on Pittsburgh, come on. Mm. All right. Uh, Roethlisberger also rarely plays 16 games. He always gets injured. Man, he plays hurt, though. He comes back from those injuries earlier than expected. That's true, but he gets injured. He's on, you know, he's aging. Uh, it's just, to have him number two is crazy. We've seen his ceiling. And you know who has better ceilings? Cam Newton has a better ceiling. He had 50 touchdowns last year. Yeah, we've Russell seen his ceiling. It's a... winning multiple Super Bowls. Maybe he could win two more. Make you happy. He won two. He, his defense won two Super Bowls. This is absurd. Eli Manning also won two Super Bowls. Stop. Let's look at what he actually did. His individual Yeah, that was, uh, the defense made a great throw to uh, Santonio Holmes in the corner, by the way. I'm to not, win that Super I'm Bowl. I'm not saying he never made a good throw. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying he's a horrible quarterback. I have him number eight. But to put him number two ahead of, you know... 
Anyway, don't get me started. Look, P Pittsburgh loves... Look, Terry Bradshaw also. The only reason Terry Bradshaw isn't the most overrated quarterback in NFL history is because of a little guy named uh, Joe Namath. So, Pittsburgh loves to decide that, you know, their, their team wins the Super Bowl, and that means their quarterback must be the greatest thing since sliced bread, but whatever. All right, Rob, by and, the uh, way, Rodgers tied for four. Can you want to hear his interception totals the last six years? Oh, Rodgers never turns the ball over. Six, eight, six, five, eight, seven. Ludicrous. Yeah. Well, now I understand. You thought I was talking about Rodgers. Yeah, you, well, you, everyone did because you said Rodgers. Um, but we'll hear, but, it, we'll hear it in the, we'll hear it in the But every time we have this, you're wrong, though. Um, <laughs> his, his completion percentage was 68, 67, 66, 65, 60, and now 63. But even more troubling, uh, yards per uh, average uh, completion is uh, 9.25, 7.78, 8.75, 8.4. I should point out 9.25 is, like, ludicrous. But uh, that was his 45 touchdown, six interception season. But... Uh, the 8.43, then he went. He fell to 6.68, now he's down to 6.5. I mean, that's like Ryan Fitzpatrick territory. Yeah, I mean, look, last year, let's be honest, last year Aaron Rodgers was an average quarterback. And this year he's been better than that, but he has not been an elite quarterback. I think the reason we still have him so high, I have him at 6 and you have him at 4, is because the individual plays that he pulls out of his butt, there's things he does that nobody else on earth can do. The th there's individual throws he makes on a game-to-game -game basis that, you know, your, your jaw's on the floor. Mm -hmm. So for, for one game... It's difficult to say that there's a lot of guys you'd rather have, even if his numbers have not been there for now two full years in a row. All right? Yeah. Yeah. All right, uh, number number three on our list, actually tied at number two, because uh, you hate number two, is uh, Drew Brees. Uh, Drew Brees, a little bit of a renaissance. He had dropped from sort of top five conversation to sort of six to ten conversation in the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. He was throwing a lot of interceptions. He was trying to do too much. Uh, he's cut down on the interceptions this year. Uh, you know, he has weapons all over the field, and he's still taking advantage of them. His numbers are just, you know, incredible. He's uh, back to being a top-five quarterback for sure. Mm -hmm. But in a playoff game, would you rather have Drew Brees or Aaron Rodgers? Uh, Rodgers. Yeah, agreed. I'd rather have Cam Newton. I'd rather have – well, I'd rather have Brees than Roethlisberger, but you'd obviously rather have Roethlisberger. So, um, all right, let's get to number two, which is our, our last of our disagreements – Russell Wilson, uh, Pro Football Focus, uh, before the last uh, last week's game in, in New England, they had their midseason awards, and they said Russell Wilson deserved the MVP because he has the second-to-worst offensive line in football, only better than the Vikings, and he's just been incredible despite having no offensive line. Um, like last year, his fantasy stats, he took till the middle of the season to get going, but the last two weeks he's had you know, 300-plus yards and three touchdowns. He's starting to be mobile again. He just went into New England and beat Tom Brady. I'm not sure what more you want from him. He's won a Super Bowl already. He's been to another one and, you know, was a yard away. To me, Russell Wilson is clearly the second-best quarterback in the league, and there's a huge drop after everybody else. But you have him down at number six. So why do you hate Russell Wilson? I don't hate him. He's number six is a big compliment. No, it's not, because you said it's you said two and 13 are all interchangeable. Yeah, he so could you be number two. You think there's 10 quarterbacks that are just as good as, as Russell Wilson? Not just as good, but, I mean, not when you consider upside and stuff. Well, you think there's five that are better, though. You have him at six. So why do you hate Russell Wilson? I don't hate him. Russell Wilson's great. He's wonderful. He could easily be. He could easily be number two. Breeze and Ryan have been great this year. I, you want you know you want me to move Wilson up? I'm not going to do it, but you want me to. All right. Uh, number one is Tom Brady, uh, obviously. Although nothing as, to say. As, we, as we saw, Belichick can win with anybody. But um, you know, Brady's the guy he's not with for 15 years. He's he's going to be my MVP this year. Well, unless they unless he like unless they go twelve and four and then it's like he went eight and four. How could he be MVP? That's fair. But. Yeah. Well, well, he was my MVP for sure uh, before this past week. Uh, I'm not going to punish him for having no touchdowns because you know they they ran the ball with Legarrette Blunt three times from the one. Although by the way, 
it's uh, it is ironic that they didn't run it uh, that they decided to throw it and that's how they lost when they had like Blunt already with three touchdowns in the game. Right, given the way that the last uh, Patriots Seahawks game ended. Yeah, you're probably the first person to make that point. Yeah, pretty, I think I'm the first person to make that observation. Pretty, uh, right. you know. Let's quickly make our picks for this. By the week. way, you know what uh, I should? You know, what I think we should do. Yeah. I, I was gonna because I really wanted to do like a live podcast while the Vikings were in the um, playoffs. No, I can't do it. I think we. I think we. Listen, we have to. You know, we have to be about content here. How do we take it to the next level? I mean, if you want to come to my house and watch the game and be responsible for the editing and everything, but I'm going to be too stressed to be worrying about stuff like, you know, recording. You have to worry about the editing. You're just talking to a microphone. I'm going to be too nervous for that. It's going to be a lot of cursing. A well, lot of well first of all, going to be. This is a hypothetical. They're not going to be in the playoffs unless there's an NIT for the NFL. They're not. The se- you know, their season's ending in, you know, January 1st or 2nd or whatever it is. But um, the, I, I just thought it was, you know, it was a good idea. But maybe we should do some, like, immediately after big game type podcast instead of waiting until Tuesday or Wednesday. Yeah, we could do that. I mean, yeah, I mean, there were so many great games, obviously, this past week. I would have liked to talk right after the uh, the Dallas-Pittsburgh game, right after the Seattle-New England game, right after the Denver-New Orleans game. By the way, the announcing, I haven't, you know, I talked about, do, I wanted, like, my next, like, long article that maybe I would do would be, uh, like, a deep dive into the NFL announcers and how bad they are. The thing is, I'd have to watch at least one or two telecasts of each one, so I haven't, I have to get, like, the burst of not laziness that I only get, like, once or twice every five years. So, like, I had that for the Olympics thing. I'm not sure it's going to come back again in 2016, but I like that. Anyway, the point is the announcing was so bad this week. The the Jets-Rams, who obviously had a terrible announcer to yeah. begin with, um, their announcers were abysmal. But then what was the what was the other game that had insanely bad announcers? David Deal, who was, like, uh, was on the Giants, like, last year, was so bad. But his play-by-play guy I'd never heard of and was atrocious. Can I tell you my biggest NFL announcing pet peeve now? Yeah. Sure. Okay, I'm down by uh, seven late in the game, okay? It's 40 seconds left. I have one timeout, okay? I'm dry. I'm, I'm down by seven. I'm at midfield. I throw an interception. The announcer just says, I intercepted the ball. And they don't say the game is over. They don't say, the point is, if we're in kneel down scenario, when that happens, when it's a running back, you know, a, a running back, say it right away and let us running know. back gets the first round. It's it's not for me. It's to know that you're not a moron. Well, okay. So for, there's a few things here. First of all, you're expecting them to be able to do the math right away, which they may or may not be able to do. Yeah, but if someone should be in their ear saying, "That's it, kneel down." Yeah, but then the other the thing game. is, why are they in a rush to say, "Hey, everybody, turn off your TVs and change the channel"? It's intellectually dishonest. Don't do that. The good announcers do it, so it's it's not like Al Michaels is trying to sell the game less. He'll tell you that the game is over. I would say, in general, late game is when announcers are at their worst. For mm-hmm. the same reason, it's the reason head coaches are at their worst. There's a lot to think about, and I think yeah. it's probably easier for us on our couches. Yeah, but they have, like, two or three spotters in their ear. I mean, it's not like they're alone. Okay, but, but the coaches have a whole coaching staff also, and yet they screw up at the end of games all the time. Look, I ranted about the, the announcer screwing up for Fox at the end of the vikings Lion game a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So this doesn't bother you. If it bothers you, uh, write, uh, you know, hashtag uh, no, I agree me, with you. Uh, no, it, it, it bothers does. me, Akiva. It does, but the, the mistakes that coaches make in the last minute are more egregious than the mistakes. Of course, yeah, but minute. what are we going to yeah. do? By the way, my pet peeve, and I hate to say it because I'm sure he's a nice guy, but Sean McDonough is just too anonymous to me to be doing Monday Night Football. Yeah, it's true. His voice just doesn't feel that it needs, like, another octave. It, it, sounds, it sounds like I'm watching, you know, Maction on a Tuesday night or something. It's true. He wasn't, even, he wasn't even the number one college football guy last year. He got over-promoted. All right, let's make our picks this week. Last week, we did not make picks on the podcast. I got some hate for that. All right, Pittsburgh at Cleveland, obviously, we're both picking Pittsburgh. Yep. New England at San Francisco, obviously, we're both picking New England. Yep. Chicago at the Giants, obviously, we're both picking the Giants. Yep. Jacksonville at Detroit, we're both picking Detroit. Yep. Tampa at Kansas City, we're both picking Kansas City. Yep. A lot of big spreads this week. 
All right, okay, Miami at Los Angeles. Interesting game. Miami. Jared Goff's debut. Yeah, I would have picked L.A. with Keenum, but with Goff, it's just too hard. I'm going to say Miami as well. I agree with you. And, you know, 6-4, and four, maybe they do have a shot to play. Houston and Oakland, we already said Oakland's going to win that one in Mexico, right? Oakland and Mexico, yeah. You can't, you can't beat the Raiders in Mexico. Everybody knows that. Baltimore at Dallas. Dallas. Agreed. Uh, Buffalo at Cincy. This, by the way, is the same as those NFC games I was talking about. Yeah, before. that's a good one. I accept Cincy's a little bit more. I guess they're not because of the division. No, Cincy's in a better position, yeah, because eight eight wins can you know get them in the playoffs. This is like well, this is such a toss up game to me. I'll say Cincy, but this is like the biggest coin flip game of the whole year to me. To me, I'm going to say Cincy is a lock. But oh, you know what? I'm going to say the Bill. You know, Alex Wood is a really good center, and the and the Bills lost him. I think that's sometimes we see teams, and I don't know their backup center situation. Sometimes we see teams completely collapse without their center. So I'm going to pick the Bengals for sure. All right. Um, yeah, I picked the Bengals to beat the Giants last night. That obviously did not work out for me, uh, and it cost me a win in our pick'em pool. Where, by the way, last week I was bragging about how the fact that nobody had missed their picks the entire year, and then for the first time we had two people miss their picks in uh, Week Ten. That's pretty good. In the in my you know this is for very little money in the um, pick six pool that is for money, pick seven this year. Like a dozen people miss their picks every week, so I'm impressed. Uh, no hard feelings, but guys, remember to make your picks because even if you're out of it, and nobody really is out of it yet, but even if you're out of it. It's head-to-head, so if you put up a zero, you're giving an automatic win to a competitor. That's not fair. Oh. Um, all right, Tennessee at Indianapolis. This is a game that we thought was going to be, you know, to lead that division, but Houston, even if they lose, they're still 6-4. and four. Yeah. So yeah. the loser of this game is probably out of the divisional race. This is a good game, though. You going to make a pick? Um, I'm thinking. This is a really a tough one. The game's in Indy? It's in Indy. We saw them go into Green Bay and win, then they had a bye, so I'm going to pick Indy. Although Tennessee just destroyed Green Bay also, so. Yeah, I'm I'm ping Andy. All right, here's a game where the loser season is over. Uh, the winner still has a shot, possibly if if Atlanta doesn't keep winning. That's New Orleans at Carolina. Yeah, I'm picking Carolina. Yeah, Must win for Carolina. Yeah. Oh, but so was last week against Kansas City, and they found a way to lose. Um, uh-huh. All right, Philly at Seattle. You know, DVOA still loves Philly, but there's just no way I can see Philly, you know, winning in Seattle. And again, Philly's been a much different team on the, on the road than they've been at home. You picking the Eagles? Right. I'm picking the Eagles. You're picking the Eagles to go into Seattle and win. No, I'm picking Seattle. Sorry, I was responding to yeah. a message. Yeah, I know. I tried to trick you, and it worked. All right, uh, and then there's those two NFC games that I mentioned: Arizona at Minnesota. To pick them, the Vikings went for the best team in the league to the worst team in the league. So who knows what you're going to get from them? Arizona. All right, I'm a homer, so I'm picking the Vikings. And then Green Bay at Washington. Washington. I'm going Washington. Yeah. I'm going to pick Washington also, but that also part of that is, of course, what I want to see as a Vikings fan. I want to see the Packers to continue to lose. All right, so we made picks this week. Podcast is over an hour. Sorry about that. We stuck to sports, Akiva. We stuck to sports. Well, you want to talk politics? Warning. Hot take approaching. You know, I do want to talk about, like, so people's morning periods have been very different. Like, I've noticed, like, certain people, like, completely sign off of social media already. For It's been a, a, almost a week now, exactly, since the election ended. What do you think is like an appropriate morning period? So I left my Fantasy League WhatsApp group, and people keep asking me to come back. And to be honest, I don't see a reason. I said, look, I can still speak to you guys. I can email. I can G-chat. I left the WhatsApp group on election night because I just, you know, you would ask me a couple weeks ago facetiously, would I rather see the Vikings win a Super Bowl with Donald Trump as president or, right. you know, the reverse? I, and just to be clear, even though I, you, if you've listened to this podcast, you know certainly who I supported, I would take any, I would let Putin run this country to get the Jets a playoff game. <laughs> yeah so um yeah so you know i sort of jokingly was more on your side although i mean i didn't say that i did say i'd, r- I'd rather take uh, the vikings lose because i was trying to sound principled 
I'd, I'd take it for like the Jets to have like a 7-0 lead. Not, not this season. Now I want them to lose. But like next season in the opener. Just yeah. like spot of seven points. You could you could name whoever you want. You could name Steve Bannon president. I don't care. Whatever Look, if, if we're not thinking of sports, if we're getting into politics, it's just as a Jew in this country, I, mm. I legitimately feel scared. You're Jewish? And it's not, I am Jewish. Yeah, that's, mm. a, that's another surprise there. Yeah. Uh, that's another thing that you and I share. Um, I, I do. I legitimately feel scared. And I think obviously if you're, if you're anybody other than a, a white Christian, there's, there's a segment of this country who tells you that you don't belong and that that's how they feel. And to be very clear... I'm not saying that everybody who voted for Trump feels that way. But yeah. But but what is true is that every person who voted for Trump condoned mm. that. Mm. Right? And so, you know, this is the first time I'm hearing like- this and this is so fresh a week after the election. Let me, you know, in in like ultimately what's going to affect your life more, your particular life more. How annoyed are you about the traffic situation that's about to go down? That in is Manhattan? a disaster. Reportedly, his intent it's to spend the weekends at home, and then he will be in Washington during the week. And also, I, pe- people also think because his kid is in school that it's possible that the kid in the and Melania would stay in New York at least through the school year. And even you know, even if he's not there, if they're there, that they, you know, it's the same situation. I don't care where Melania and Barron live; that has no effect. on No, him. you're dumb. What I'm saying is that they still have the same level of Secret Service, so it'll still affect the traffic. Is what I'm saying. The Secret Service for family members is different than it is for the president. I understand, but it's still but, going yeah, to be a traffic right. problem. Either way, it's a disaster. Correct. And and the problem is that it's on Fifth Avenue. It's, you know, like a major thoroughfare in the city. Well, Trump so. is a pretty thoughtful guy. I'm sure he'll just, like, move houses <laughs> yeah, just to not be. Yeah, so so that that is a problem. That does directly affect my life and all New Yorkers. But look, most people voted for Trump hate New Yorkers, and, and, and everybody in New York voted against Trump. So that's, It is uh, kind of a weird that he has this scenario situation where, you know, he got – less votes in Manhattan. He got like six times more votes in Suffolk County, which has obviously significantly fewer people than Manhattan. Like he got, I think, 58,000 votes in all of Manhattan or something insane like that. Yeah, like so the entire Manhattan. The, well, people were joking about the fact that not only was, you know, four people have won the presidency despite losing their home state. So that has happened before. But people mm-hmm. were joking about the fact that nobody had ever lost their home state, their home city, their home precinct, down to literally their own voting booth. Even in Trump Tower, he lost. However, that's actually not true because FDR, who obviously won four elections as uh, our president, he lost Hyde Park, New York, his hometown, all four times as well. Interesting. So, yeah. But that so was complicated. Maybe- I think, like, his, didn't his family, like, have a, another family that hated each other? So they were, like, like didn't the Delano's and the... Ro- the TR you know. side of the family, uh, hate, no. but That's but a little complicated. Lived, but, no, but th- those people lived in Manhattan. They didn't live in Hyde Park. This is so also a very cold take, cold take, but I just want one person to come out as Trump's friend. You know what I mean? We just had like two years. Friends. Yeah, we, it's so f- fascinating that he didn't like manufacture a f- one friend. Well, he doesn't have any friends. You know, judge that however you will. But, you know, that's not one of the five thousand worst things about him. But you know, it is. Do you true. think like, you could like finagle into being Trump's best friend since he doesn't have any friends? I mean, he has people who he works with. Right? I bet. I feel like his be- the best friend slot is available to you if you want it. Look, he's seventy years old. He's not going to change. He's seventy years old. If somebody's gone through 70 years of life without a friend, they're not all of a sudden going to be a person who has friends. I appreciate you're saying that my personality is so gregarious that I could somehow find a way to befriend him. Uh, he might like, I, feel I, bad I for you, that you might become his first actual charity case. <laughs> he'll, send, he'll send a picture of him and you hanging out to David Fahrenheit. Yeah. All right. Uh, no, but we have to stick to sports because uh, this, this is what people come for. No, yeah, nobody can. Uh, and also this is like a, we, we could have done this. We could have done like an election special after, but yeah, it's but too late now. You would have been you would have been crying into the mic and ruined all the, your electronic equipment. All Did right. you cry? You cried when Trump won, right? 
No comment. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I will say. No, I mean, I, honestly, I legitimately feel scared. Like, like mm. as you know, we were about to buy a house, and I told my wife, I, we're not buying a house right now. We're going to rent for another couple of years. And, Are you joking? I, I don't want to sound hyperbolic. And I'm not comparing this. Let me be very clear. I am not right. comparing this to the Holocaust or to any, you know, or the expulsion from Spain or any of the other terrible things that happened to Jews yeah. in history. But I will say this: in every single one of those scenarios, there is a reason that the overwhelming majority of Jews in that situation did not leave, and it's because everybody else said to them, "You're exaggerating. You're being ridiculous. That's not going to happen." Mm. And then they were wrong. And again, I'm not saying that anything like that. Yeah, but why happen. can't you buy a house? You could always just sell that house. Because the reason I'd want to sell that house is because I think that the uh, the appeal of being an observant Jew would be significantly diminished. And the house I'm buying... Yeah. That, by the way, that sounds really wrong when you say that. You sort of have to explain better. Okay. Orthodox Jews don't walk, don't drive cars on the Sabbath or on holidays. So they have to live very close to their synagogue. Which by de- so Which means that Orthodox Jews tend to live in clusters where everybody lives within, you know a few blocks of the synagogue so it's walking distance yeah, no. which means you pay a premium for a house to be near a synagogue the same house a mile away would cost 25% less and it just so, sounded, sounded insane to like the three yeah. people listen don't know what we're talking about yeah so what I'm just saying is the reason I don't want to buy a house right now is because if there's a chance whether it's a 5% chance or a 1% chance mm-hmm. the Jews don't feel comfortable in this country in the next, within the next few years and I think yeah. the chance is very low but there is a chance mm-hmm. such that I'd want to sell my house the people that I'd want to sell my house to and not lose a significant value of it would be the same people who wouldn't want to buy it for the same reason I'm looking to sell it. So, right. But it ha- So it has directly affected my life in that way. It has. Yeah, but I feel like buy the house anyway. If that happens, like, we've got bigger problems than you losing a quarter of the value of your house. That's true, but I don't want to add on to my problems. You can't live in fear, <laughs> you freaking, you know. No, you're right. You know, you got to stand up and fight. But anyway, that's, that's a topic for another day. All right, we got to end this now. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane. So shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.